Today is our first full day of the Metta Sashin, June 2023. We are just settling in. For some of us, this may represent a notable change in our schedule and joining the flow of monastic practice asks something of us, whether we're familiar with it or not. Here, we create and maintain an environment of continuous practice. Every activity, every transition between activities, waking, sleeping, eating, sitting, everything. Continuous practice, continuous presence to what's here to what is. And this, of course, can be done, is done in lay life. Every moment is always an invitation to return to practice, to return to presence. Every encounter is a practice opportunity, no doubt. But here is unanimous agreement. Here, we're all endeavoring to return to presence. Everything here carries that intention to bring us back to touch and see for ourselves what is most true. This builds a momentum, an energy, what we like to call a container that is larger than any one of us. Here we both create and benefit from the optimal conditions for practice. What a rare and incredible opportunity this is. It may never happen again. Certainly the likelihood of this particular group coming together to focus on practice is unlikely to happen again. This is an unrepeatable moment Here we support each other to return over and over. We support the schedule by showing up, doing work practice, wash up, sitting all together, eating all together, practicing all together, moving together as one body. It 
it is inevitable that we will make a mistake. We're learning how to dance together. And so it's inevitable you might step on someone's foot or get turned around the wrong way. But these two are valuable teachers. When we make a mistake, do we jolt with adrenaline? Do we replay the scene a hundred times in our mind? Denigrate ourselves with a stream of internal verbal abuse? Doubt our choices in life? Blame someone? Plan our escape? There are a few people here with many, many years of Sashin experience, and they've probably made every mistake possible. Some we haven't even thought of, probably. And they might not be done making mistakes, because here they are, here we are again. So no matter who you are, Please be gentle with yourself as you settle in. It also means do your best. It also means be wholehearted. Put your whole self in, as the hokey pokey says. But do be gentle with yourself. So what are we doing? And why? We're focusing on the Buddha's teachings, the teachings of metta, of loving kindness, friendliness, goodwill towards self and others. The word metta is apparently derived from another word, mita, mita, which means both friend and it also means sunshine. So metta is like the sunshine that we are always benefiting from so freely. It's already here. It's already what we are. The energy of the sun is what we are made of. We can see it for ourselves in the food we eat. Somehow that becomes this being. The energy we use to walk, to sit, to breathe. The warmth that emanates from us as we lie down to rest. And as our own bodies incorporate and transform this energy into our practice. Here's a poem by Hafiz, a 14th century Persian mystic and poet. Even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that 
It lights the whole sky. Even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. Metta practice is a way of pointing to the inherent generosity of the universe. Aligning ourselves with this. It already is. We often forget this. We might feel lonely or separate. We might feel the suffering of a comparing mind, placing ourselves in a position of superiority or inferiority is suffering. We might fall into thought habits of division and separateness. And each one of us has a different set of habits. different ways we might fall into this, forgetting. The phrases of loving kindness that we have begun to practice with can help pull us out of those kinds of ruts. May I be free from fear and anxiety May I be safe. May I live with ease. May I be happy. The way human minds work, apparently, is the more you do a thing, the more you can do that thing. The more you do a thing, the more you can do that thing. We may be very well practiced at things like hypervigilance, anticipating harm, trying to be perfect, feeling isolated, trying to avoid feeling vulnerable. We all have our own thing or things. And there may be very understandable reasons for these habits of mind, causes and conditions have brought us all here. Perhaps these habits of mind served an important purpose at one time. And they surely must be honored for that. We can include, even welcome our mind habits. Even welcome our mind habits today, right now, freshly holding them with awareness, holding them with kindness, 
in this context, we're not alone. What is true right now? What is true right now? The mind may have habits of returning to past or going to the future. Sometimes this can be useful. But that's not what we're doing here this week. We are maybe noticing this habit of back and forth, past and future, planning, regret, replay, fantasize, this horizontal line of a continuum. There's sometimes this tiny point in the center called now. We might find ourselves there, bring ourselves here, acknowledging the movement and just return to this. What's here? This, this is what's alive. This is the gift we are being given every moment. This, this breath. With this horizontal line, we can imagine also a vertical line, the judging mind, the mind of liking and disliking, pleasant or unpleasant. I like this, I don't like that. I want more, get that away from me. As a living organism, this is part of our experience of existence, even amoebas move away from negative stimuli. But we can look more deeply at our experience, hopefully a little more deeply than an amoeba. Perhaps not believe the habitual thought. Have faith that there is more to what's true than our habits of mind. looking at the experience, what we might call the heart. There's very little need for thinking here. Very little need. So I'd like to offer a practice that Chozen Roshi offers sometimes called dropping into the heart. And it's a helpful way to notice the difference between this thinking mind and a little more deeper seeing. So go ahead and look at your own hand and notice with your thinking mind what you notice. What does your mind say about the hand? There might be pros and cons and facts or opinions. What are your initial thoughts 
about this hand? What is the tone, the feeling tone of any commentary that comes forth about this hand? And now letting that go, setting down the hand for a moment and see if you can drop into the heart region, maybe taking some breaths, feeling into this region at the chest, this emotional feeling space. You may or may not have a particular feeling, but just see if you can drop down out of the thinking mind and into this deeper place, heartful place. And now look at your hand from the heart. Is there a different tone? Are there different qualities that the heart can notice? Different aspects. For me, it seems I can recall that this hand can do things. It can draw. It can write. It can scritch my dog's chest, which is his favorite. Whereas before it was a critical kind of nitpicking at the appearance of it. We have this capacity to drop into the heart, to see through the lens of the heart, to feel into our life versus thinking. We can allow the body to remind us about what's true. The body can be an ally in our practice because the body cannot be in the past. The body cannot be in the future. Can only be right now can only be right here. It's here that we might access this feeling way of being with our life. A richer, more open quality than just our thinking mind. Perhaps this is the grandmother mind that Master Ehe Dogen, our first Japanese ancestor, was talking about when he said, you can understand all of Buddhism, but you cannot go beyond your abilities and your intelligence unless you have Robai Shin, grandmother mind, the mind of great compassion. You can understand all of Buddhism but you cannot go beyond your abilities and your intelligence unless you have Robai Shin, grandmother mind, the mind of great compassion. Maybe you were fortunate enough to have a grandmother like this. 
I did. This is the person I can even still feel having received unconditional love from her. Her name was Pauline. She was a literally a white-gloved Presbyterian, a very pious and religious lady. She was from West Virginia originally, and so she had a soft accent. I can still hear her reading to me as a child, the little engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. My memories of her are often tactile. Her running a bath for me, her tucking me into bed. Somehow, love infused all of the things she did to take care of me. And that is possible. That is happening here also. Let your mind be like grandmother mind. Let it kindly watch your thoughts in their games like a grandmother might watch her grandchildren playing on the playground as she sits on a bench in loving bemusement. See if you can settle in with this kindness towards your experience. Part of settling in on day one is just being with the body. The body may be holding tension. The mind may be like a swirling snow globe, which might be contributing to our physical experience. We can support ourselves to settle in by being a kind companion to the body, being friendly, being a friend. Because the body is innocent. So often we're either trying to make it do stuff or make it look a certain way or upset that it's not cooperating, relating to it like a glitchy machine or not paying much attention unless something's wrong. But this body, this body is an emanation of nature, the way things are. The body's not separate. The body is a reflection of the truth. So I want to share from a book called The Way of Tenderness by Zenju Earthlin Manuel. She says, Only when I dropped the notion that I was the creator of my own peace or oneness, or that I was powerful enough to change the world by acting to change others, did I experience the way of tenderness only when I dropped those notions. Peace and oneness are always there. If these elements of our true nature were not there, how could we or any of the myriad forms of nature be alive on this planet? We are completely supported by nature. The way of tenderness suggests 
that we see the body with all its variations as nature. Not because it sounds lovely or seductive, but so that we will delve deeper into authentic engagement with who we are as living beings. And so that we engage the reality of who we are without the need for a sense of power over each other. All the great sages and prophets sat with their own embodied lives first before recognizing the nature of life. No human being can see the path without first coming to an authentic awareness in which the inevitable relationship between everything and everyone is acknowledged. There are no secrets. All the great sages and prophets sat with their own embodied lives first. We inherited ideas and assumptions about a separate mind and body. Here we bring body and mind together, bring our whole experience into the vast sky of awareness, nothing left out. It's all included. There are no secrets. We can just ask with kindness if there are any areas of tension or holding. Maybe they release, maybe they don't. This is not a failure. If we could relax on command, well, we might not be here, would we? That would be nice. Maybe the mind is off-gassing a bunch of irritation or craving. Okay. What we can do is inquire to notice with friendly curiosity. How are you doing? Whatever is here is whatever is here. It may be that the body relaxes. Even if our bodies don't seem to respond to such an invitation, it may be that we can help our heart-mind to relax. Metta practice helps our heart-minds relax. A mind at peace can see more clearly. A mind at peace is spacious and open and able to know true connection. Metta is an offering. Just like the sun, the practice of metta is an offering that is given freely. Metta is not transactional. So much of our human society is set up to be transactional. It's hard to believe when there's something that isn't. Metta is a wish for well-being that is offered with no ulterior motive, no sense of exchange, no if this, then that. An expectation, any expectation, 
is by definition in the future. Meta is this moment, alive right here and now. So what is being offered to you right now? What are you being given right now? What are you receiving? Some people have a lot of difficulty receiving. It can be difficult to focus the phrases to direct the energy of loving kindness towards this being we call a self. We may have been taught that doing so would be selfish. That giving should only go in one direction. Which is really fighting the way things are. It's a denial of the endless flow and stirring of life and transformation. Everything pouring into and out of each other. Everything arising, existing and disappearing together. Who are we to say, um, no, stop that. That's not for me. Are we really trying to direct the traffic of the universe? The flower blooms with no discrimination about who sees it, who smells it. The blueberry bushes offer themselves to birds, to deer, and sometimes people. How is it honoring the gift by acknowledging it, by appreciating it, appreciating this life? May I be happy. May I be happy. Is this one difficult for anyone? May I be happy. Is there an idea of scarcity? That my happiness subtracts a measure of it somehow, leaving less for somebody else? That happiness means you're not working hard enough? Or that you're naive or foolish? Or making yourself vulnerable to loss? Or is it truly immeasurable? Is it? Is it truly immeasurable, this happiness? This is the experiment. This is from Bhante Gunaratna. 
He's written extensively on mindfulness and the Satipatthana Sutra, and this is his book on loving kindness, called Loving Kindness in Plain English. Thank you. They call him Bonte G. He says, we begin the practice by cultivating love for ourselves. When you love yourself, it is easy and natural to extend that love to others. One who truly loves themselves will not harm others. She who loves herself will tune into the energy of loving friendliness and understand how magnificent it would be if every heart in the world would share this feeling. One who doesn't love himself cannot truly love another. The Buddha said, having traveled all quarters with the mind, one finds none anywhere dearer than oneself. Likewise, each person holds himself most dear. Hence, one who loves himself will not harm others. So first and foremost, offer metta to yourself. We are offering the teachings of the Buddha Dharma. Grateful for the offering of the gift that was given and maintained by the generations of teachers and practitioners whose names we recite every morning, whose names we do not know. And we offer these teachings in various forms. So for loving kindness, some people's minds absorb the phrases, the repetition, the devotional nature of repeating the phrases that eventually allows the practice to be absorbed in a way that is not at all intellectual. This is an ancient human technology and can be very powerful. Some people's minds respond to the visualizations of metta. We might see in our mind's eye a light emerge from the heart region like a powerful warm spotlight shining on and bathing our dear one in the light of peace. And can we turn that light towards ourselves? Or we might see an ever-expanding bubble of metta touching all beings in all directions, above and below, all directions, nothing left out. Some of us might be more kinesthetic and can tune into a feeling of metta that may be wordless. Where is this energy located in your body? What was a time that you felt truly safe? What was a time that you felt loved? Can you recall that time and feel into the, sens the sensations that may arise? Can you invite that feeling to increase?
Maybe you have a powerful feeling when practicing metta. Maybe you don't have a feeling at all. That doesn't mean you're failing or not doing the practice correctly. Everybody's a little bit different. Please do not judge your practice. Just do your best. Can we step forward in faith and just do the practice? Letting go of that transactional mind. Trust what comes forth. This is the experiment. You may have some idea about yourself. Well, I'm like this. I'm not like that. But do give some of the practices a chance. You may be surprised. Receiving the gift of practice includes just being patient and kind. Like a grandmother or someone who was really helpful to you, or someone who was really loving. Just by sitting here, we are being given such a gift. Receiving the fruits of practice of so many people who made of their lives an offering who had no idea who would be receiving the teachings and practices that they learned, that they embodied, that they shared. They had no idea of this place hundreds and thousands of years later. They perhaps could never have imagined what our lives would be like. But they did know that we would need this. Can we be with our life in this same way? Can we be welcoming? Can we align with the generosity of life itself? Freely wishing for the safety, well-being, happiness, and peace of everyone and everything, including you. Please be gentle with yourself. Do your best. Put your whole self in and be gentle on this first day of Sashin and in the coming days. You are not alone. Do not convince yourself that you are the only one experiencing difficulty. 
please hesitate to draw any conclusions. If you insist on drawing them, please hesitate to believe them. Let them be like children on the playground, pretending to be scary monsters or unicorn princesses. Be this loving, patient grandmother mind. 